Brexit is about to rear its head again now, if you've missed it, because Boris Johnson has precisely one month left if he wants to ask for an extension to the transition period. And if you read the papers, it seems both sides are at loggerheads. Uh, let's unpick this with Professor Catherine Barnard, who is a senior fellow, a senior fellow at the UK in a Changing Europe group. Uh, so, uh, Catherine, thanks very much for coming on. It's a just, pleasure. just take us back to the basic things we understand. Remind us what the transition period is. Okay, thank you. Well, we left the European Union on the 31st of January of this year, and uh, we left with the divorce text intact, that's the withdrawal agreement, and the withdrawal agreement made provision for a transition period which went from 31st of January to the 31st of December of this year. And the idea behind the transition period was to give the government enough time to negotiate a trade deal with the EU. And during that transition period, which is what we're in at the moment, essentially EU law carries on applying as if we were a member state, even though we're not. And if there is no trade deal agreed by the end of this calendar year, then we will leave with a no deal, no trade deal Brexit. So there won't be a free trade okay. agreement with the EU. So it was an entirely sensible sort of interregnum, a, 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 a phase during which we stuck by the old rules until we got the new rules. The problem being it's now that we don't seem to be getting anywhere near getting the new rules sorted. That's exactly right. And so, um, the, I mean, the idea was straightforward because it's going to take a while to negotiate the trade agreement and therefore we need to have some set of rules which applied. And also those doing trade didn't want to change their rules twice, once for a, a period before the new trade deal and then another change with the trade deal. So the transition period was sensible. Some people don't like it because they say, as Jacob Rees-Mogg has done, that it makes the UK a vassal state. It's a rule taken not a rule maker, but most trade agreements have some form of transition in them. So it was very sensible to have it have this period. So has, has anything as far as you're concerned been agreed? Any sector? No, because the EU is very keen that nothing is agreed until everything's agreed. Now, actually, we should have agreed um, on fisheries and financial services by the end of June. Um, but fisheries is proving to be such an intractable issue. And you might recall last week, even though Michel Barnier, the EU lead negotiator, appeared to be indicating he was prepared to be a bit flexible about fisheries, um, the most affected member states got together and said, uh, uh, no, we're not. And so we're in real, we're, you know, fisheries is causing a real problem. And so it's very unlikely to be agreed by the 30th of June. OK, so so what's going to happen then? If, if that's that's a thorny one, there are all sorts of other thorny ones. There's a va thorny ones. There's a vast amount of detail to go through. That's plainly not going to happen in time within well, the next month. So the big question is, in the next month, is can we or will we ask for an extension to the transition? Now, I can imagine a number of your listeners thinking, oh, my God, I'm losing the world to live over this, but it's really important. Uh, the extension to the transition, um, the uh, divorce text said we can ask for an extension and it can last for one up to one or two years, as long as we ask by the 1st of July 2020. 
the, the big issue is that Boris Johnson, uh, in the course of the um, election campaign, made it absolutely clear he would not ask for an extension to transition. And just to make it clear, he put a provision in the UK implementing legislation saying we won't, no minister will be able, will be asking for an extension to the transition. And so the way things are heading at the moment, there will not be an extension request to the transition at the end of June. So that means we will be heading towards a no trade deal Brexit at the end of this calendar year if no trade deal is negotiated. Well, having been so clear, if it had been so clear he wasn't going to ask for a, an extension in the first place, that would be very difficult politically for him to wriggle out of in normal circumstances. But now he's got political cover to do so, hasn't he? You can say, look, extraordinary circumstances here. Obviously, we've had our mind on other things. I didn't want to do it, as you know. I promise I wouldn't, but we're just going to have to. I mean, that you know, he, he he could do it. I would assume without enraging too many Brexiteers. I think that's right, and it's interesting that even some Brexiteers have come out and said, actually, look, we do need an extension to the transition. We do need to uh, engage in these talks, um, and also don't forget, even if there is a trade deal negotiated. Business needs time to adapt to the requirements of that trade deal. So there is a good argument to be made for an extension to the transition. However, other people say, look, um, what we, when we voted Brexit, what we wanted was to leave and to really sever all ties with the EU. And therefore, actually having a no trade deal Brexit at the end of this year is just what we want. And we can trade on WTO terms. Okay, we've got uh, Martin Lewis with us. You'll be delighted to know, Catherine. Uh, he's, Hello he's, there. He's never not got something to say for himself. Martin, what a joy it is to be back on air with you. Have you got anything you want to put to our, uh, our Europe expert here, Martin? No, I, I do think the problem is a really interesting one. We Before we got to COVID, I would talk regularly in my work about this being an unprecedented period of uncertainty. And now with COVID, we've got uncertainty squared where we are, you know, we've never lived through anything like this. And to be leaving the European Union at this time is certainly a strain. Now, I think it's important we do leave the European Union. We've got this done. Um, I'm, it wasn't what I voted for, but I think it's important that it happens now. But I do find it slightly disconcerting that we have this dogma of it has to be done exactly to the deadline that said, even though we've had a once in a century unprecedented crisis. Now, I don't think I've seen some arguments saying delay it a year, delay it two years. We're past that. People shouldn't be using this as a political football to try and not, you know, stop Brexit happening. We've gone through that debate. It's caused us everybody huge pain. But I think the idea that in this time when people are struggling with logistics, as people, as, you know, I've got staff and just struggling to talk to people through webcams, that you have to do it exactly to the date. You couldn't delay it by a month or two months or three months just to get through COVID at the same time. Seems to be, I don't know, I just, I feel that we're, we're allowing the politics over the pragmatics and, and it's about optics rather than reality here a little bit too much. A month or two's delay. I don't think would be that critical. But I think what the government do have to do and, and what we have to allow them to do is, is to say this has to be done and it has to be done soon because, well, we had a general election and people resoundingly, the, the party that won was the one that said Brexit is going to happen. Have you got any idea, Catherine, what the sticking points are 
So for, I would assume what's going on, fisheries is difficult, and somebody say, no, we can't wear that, but we might be able to, if you do something, if you do this with financial services, or you... I don't know. You 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 make a you you make some kind of concession on on something else on the car industry or something. Are, they, are, are these the kind of plates that are spinning? Some of them, and the other ones you need to add to that um, mix is what's called level playing field. Now, level playing field is a jargon for uh, the fact that um, the EU, because we are a, in close geographic proximity to the EU, the EU is worried that the UK will undermine um, standards across Europe and will become uh, Singapore upon Thames and thus undercut EU standards in respect of environmental matters and uh, employment matters and also will give big bailouts to business so that will also affect what's called state aids and so the EU wants the UK to carry on complying with EU rules on those sorts of matters and there's the other big issue is it goes by the jargon term of governance and what governance means is um, who's going to have the final say when things go wrong how is it going to be sorted out will matters ever go to the court of justice the um, court that sits in or will it be dealt with politically, um, as is usually the case with international trade agreements? And what the EU wants is they want one single governance mechanism, so one sort of dispute resolution mechanism that covers every aspect of the agreement, whereas the UK takes a much more vertical approach and says, well, look, we can have a free trade agreement and a bunch of other agreements, and we'll have different governance arrangements, different dispute resolution arrangements in respect of each part. Thank and you. these yeah. are really pretty, pretty fundamental. Thank you very much indeed. That's Professor Catherine Barnard uh, from UK in a change in Europe.